Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, as we prepare to hear from God's word, I invite you to bow with me as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come, in Jesus' name, amen. So I am excited with the launch of Advent. I'm excited over the next few weeks to unpack the story of Christmas, specifically looking at the individuals and families God used in the early pages of the Gospels to bring us this story. Today's message is titled, Experience God's Wonder, and we're gonna begin with a question. How is the season of Christmas for you? Or how was the season of Christmas for you growing up? Was there a season of Christmas for you? And how is it for you now? 
When I think back to my childhood, I think of the words, give thanks more. See, my mom, she didn't grow up in a healthy family. She actually grew up a daughter of a divorced home and and really an abusive home, and she didn't have any traditions. And so when when we were born and um, she had her own family, she worked so hard to cultivate, like, lasting traditions. And we just tried a bit of everything. And kind of, if you know Gigi, it's um, go big or go home. And so we had certain Christmases where there was a luau theme with tiki torches, and we were grilling out, and we, we tried it all. And my mom really tried to instill this notion of giving thanks for each other and for God, and maybe even for her hard work. I remember over and over again, she would say, Thank you, Mom. As in, thank me for all this hard work I've done, Paul and Chris. And I, I know some of you guys don't do that, right? Thank you, Mom. I remember this one time, I, I came home from boarding school. I was a boarding school kid in high school. And she had uh, meringue cookies made for me. Now, we know meringue cookies are of the Lord, but we will not go into depth there. She had these cookies made for me. And, and, um, and she's like, my only thing, Paul, is that you need to hide these from me so I won't eat them. I was like, okay, okay, a little awkward, okay. That night, someone broke into my bedroom. It was like 3 a.m., and I heard someone going through all my drawers, and, uh, and, and she was looking for those cookies. I was like, uh, you know, a teenager. I was like 13, and and I was scared until I opened my eyes and I saw my mom in her PJs looking for those cookies. And I said, thank you, Mom. <laughs> my wife's family, uh, their motto might just be this, relax more. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this. I don't care. It's worth repeating because it was so awkward for me in my first year of marriage to Carly. My wife is from Minnesota. It's very cold there. They don't go outside the whole day. They stay inside, and they try to relax more, be comfortable more. They eat a lot. They play games a lot. And oftentimes, they do it um, wearing awkward things like this. Adult, adult footy pajamas. In my first Christmas, uh, that morning, my whole family got uh, footies just like this. Yes, adults included. In the expectation was I was supposed to put on adult footies like you're seeing here on the screen, and we were supposed to eat a lot and play games a lot. Did I do it? Yes, I did. <laughs> and so their motto might be, relax more. And then we have our country, right? What's the motto maybe currently in our culture of the United States? Might it be spend more? I came across some stats this week which were staggering. On Black Friday, online in the United States, over $5 billion was spent. A few days later, on Cyber Monday, $6.59 billion online was spent. Between November 1st and November 27th, it's estimated that over $50 billion in the United States was spent online. And in November and in December, it's estimated 
that, excuse me, that around $100 billion will be spent in the United States online. I think we're invited to spend and spend more and spend more and spend more. And as a child and as an adult, I, I can't help and I couldn't help but think there must be more to Christmas than this. And the good news is, there is. Our passage from Luke chapter 1, I think, teaches this truth. If we are open to God's ways, we will experience God's wonder in the Christmas story. If we're open to God's ways, we will experience God's wonder in the Christmas story. And to flesh that out a little bit more, if we're open to God's ways, I think three things will be true. Number one, we can expect the unexpected. Number two, we can have faith that God is faithful. And number three, we can discover that we're made for more. So let's quickly look at these three points this morning. Number one, if we're open to God's ways, we can expect the unexpected. We read these words. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. So as we enter into the early words in pages of the Gospel of Luke, we read this story about Zachariah and Elizabeth. And I think it's, it's easy to summarize their story in two words. They were faithful and they were true. They were faithful. They, they were from a, uh, a rich heritage from... Um, a priestly heritage, heritage, both Aaron and, excuse me, both Zechariah and Elizabeth from the line or lineage of Aaron. In fact, um, Elizabeth, her name is the same name of Aaron's wife we find in the Old Testament. And, and so the point is, they're, they're seen as little, he's this little country priest. He's no big priest, but they come from a big story, a rich heritage, if you will. And ironically, as we'll see proven true, his name, Zechariah, means uh, the Lord remembers. And it goes on to say they walked blamelessly. That doesn't mean they were perfect. That means they were step in step following the Lord's call on their lives. According to the different covenants given to them, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant and such. But that's a little of their story. We get a glimpse not just of their story, but also their struggle. We read these words, excuse me, um, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. This was their struggle. According to Kent Hughes, in any culture, infertility is an aching disappointment. And for almost <clears throat> and for some, an almost unbearable stress. But the burden cannot be compared to that born, 
by childless women in an ancient Hebrew culture because barrenness was considered a disgrace and even a punishment. For example, Hagar looked down on Sarah when Hagar conceived, but Sarah remained barren. Leah referred to her former barrenness as, quote, affliction. Infertile Hannah wept bitterly. You know, as we start to look at this Christmas story and we look at Zachariah's story and Elizabeth's story and their struggle, their, their struggle is much like our struggle. As I prepared this message, um, I reflected on the last year uh, of the Daniel Island Fellowship in one of the most unspoken and painful prayer requests is for this very topic. Countless people, countless people in our church have tried to have babies and lost babies and lost children this year. And they come to church and they come to prayer confused, hurt, maybe even ashamed. And this was the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And this is the Christmas story. You see, God chooses this older couple and their deepest struggle to reveal his coming glory. Point number one, if we're open to God's ways, we can expect the unexpected. No matter your struggle, all of us, I think the holidays, they, they churn up our unique struggles. It doesn't have to be infertility. It can be any losses or longings that you carry that have gone unmet and untouched. Maybe it's in your parenting realm. Maybe it's in your marriage. Somewhere, life is not adding up the way you had hoped it would add up. But as we see in the early pages of the Christmas story, if we're open to God's ways, we can expect the unexpected. Point number two, if we're open to God's ways, we can have faith that God is faithful. We read, Now while he, Zechariah, was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at that hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. A little context for the text that we read today. During that day, there would have been a roughly 8,000 priests serving the Israelites. There were so many priests that they had to divide them into different divisions. There were 24 divisions. Each division had roughly 300-plus priests. Twice a year, your division would be called up to serve in the temple for one week each time. If somehow, through the drawing of lots or essentially a lottery system, your name was pulled to burn the incense you would reach the climax of your career. In fact, it was such an honor that if you were invited to burn the incense in the inner chambers of the temple, you could only do it once in your whole career. And so the Christmas story starts with this 
old man advanced in years with this struggle who faithfully shows up again and again, and it's his turn. And I just imagine him walking into the inner chambers and beginning to light the incense, and there's an angel there. And fear falls upon Zechariah. The scriptures go on to say, the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John, which means God has been gracious. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord. Zechariah enters the temple and he has this encounter with this angel. And this encounter is deeply personal and it's deeply powerful. Just let's narrow into it. He says right out of the gate, the angel, do not be afraid. Did you know that this is the most repeated command in all of scripture? Don't be afraid. No matter what you're facing today, Zachariah, don't be afraid. Cody, no matter what you're facing, don't be afraid. And then it gets real personal. Zachariah, he knows you by name. Your prayer has been heard. And you're about to be filled with eternal joy and gladness. And through you, many will rejoice. It's as if God is saying, God hears you, Zachariah. God hears you, Jason. He loves you, and he wants to use you to change the world. Can you imagine, after years and years of wanting and waiting and praying, what that would be like? I can't imagine how many prayers he lifted up. How about you? Are there certain items, elements, situations, relationships that you've prayed about again and again and again? And in the silence, if you're honest, and if we're honest, our faith begins to fade. And you move from desire to just simply duty. And yet, the sense is the fading light of Zechariah's faith in this moment was met with the blazing flame of God's faithfulness. Point number two, if we're open to God's ways, we can have faith that he is faithful and he loves us and hears us. Point number three, if we're open to God's ways, we can discover that we are made for more. The angel went on to say, he, your son, must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit of Elijah, the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. 
What's so incredible about this passage, I know we have a few biblical nerds in here. God had been silent from the Old Testament to the New Testament until this moment. There had been 400 years of God's silence, of people praying and waiting. And yet God chooses to unveil his Christmas story through this old man with this deep struggle, with this fading faith. It's as if he's saying, after 400 years of silence, God is coming to redeem his people and he's gonna use you. And might this be true for you today, wherever you're at in your faith journey? Might God wanna use you to touch hearts and lives this Advent season? I think there's a, a simple but profound truth. It's this. No matter your story, how little it is, whatever it is, it's tied to a much bigger story, whether you like it or not. Your story is tied to a cosmic story. Your story is tied to the Christmas story. And so Zachariah, he runs out rejoicing to his family and friends, right? He's like, God has shown up. He's, he sent this angel. No. <laughs> he, he stands there a bit stunned and his fading faith is revealed. And he says something to the effect, how can this be? I'm an old man. And my wife, this is kind, she's advanced in years. <clears throat> but here's the thing, can you blame him? Or can you relate to him? I mean, it's been years since this, his prayer's been heard. All he knows is silence. Maybe darkness, in some sense, has been his closest friend. And yet this light burst into the inner chambers of the temple, into the inner chambers of his heart. How can I believe this? And then we read these words. And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. I am Gabriel. And in this moment, Zechariah had to be thrown back. This is Gabriel, Gabriel of Daniel chapter 8. Gabriel of Daniel chapter 8 from 5,000 years ago. And I stand for God, and he's got good news for you. Can you imagine? And Zechariah, in that moment, he's silenced, right? But his silence won't last forever. You know, Gabriel says, I'm going to basically make you mute for the next nine months while your wife is pregnant. But here's the thing. 
His silence does not last forever. We're sitting here in Charleston, South Carolina, recalling the story, leaning into the story, learning from the story. Why? Because at some point, not only was he able to rejoice at the birth of his son, John, who would prepare the way for Jesus, but he shared his story with all the grit and the, all the accompanying grace of this moment in the inner chambers. Only he would know this story. This, my friends, is his testimony. How about you? This old man with this deep struggle, with this fading faith, is met with the faithfulness of God. And he says to Zechariah, and he says to you and me, you are made for more. You see, Zechariah's faith wavers, but the faithfulness of God never wavers. And this, my friends, is how the story of Christmas begins, according to Luke. It begins through Zechariah's story, which in some ways is our story. I don't know what each one of you have walked in with today, but if you're honest, there is a deep struggle in some way, shape, or form. And I think God wants to meet you in that struggle in this Christmas season and bring you good news. If we're open to God's ways, we can expect the unexpected. We can have faith that God is faithful and we can discover that we're made for more. If we're open to God's ways, we will experience God's wonder even today in the Christmas story. Hope is near. Let us pray. God, I thank you for the story of this old man with this deep struggle, with fading faith. God, I pray that you would search us and you would see us and you would love us today and in the coming days of this season of Christmas, this season of Advent. God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts to receive what it is you have to say, not just to us, but through us. Fill us with joy unspeakable, not because of our faith, but because of your faithfulness. And may people, starting in our, home, our own homes, may they rejoice in this faith, or better yet, your faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray, and we pray, amen.